Welcome to the Pretty Powerful Podcast, where powerful women are interviewed every week to share real inspiring stories and incredible insight to help women or anyone break the barriers, be a part of innovation, shatter the glass ceiling, and dominate to the top of their sport, industry, or life's mission. Join us as we celebrate exceptional women and step into our power. And now, here's your host, Angela Gennari. Hello, and welcome to the Pretty Powerful Podcast. My name is Angela Gennari, and today we are speaking with Miss Kate Byers. Thank you so much for joining us, Kate. Uh, thank you. I'm thrilled to be here. Well, good. So I wanted to introduce Kate because she's got a super impressive resume. Um, she's doing some incredible things, and I think our audience is going to get a lot out of this today. Kate Byers is the founder of the Good Life Institute and creator of the Corporate Women Unleashed program. She is a two-time Inc. founder, recognized as leading one of 500 fastest-growing private companies in America. She is also a three-time American Business Award Stevie Award winner in the categories of Women Helping Women, Women in Business, and Female Entrepreneur of the Year. Kate's story began in 2003 when she burned out from a successful executive career and went to live on an island after years of putting her personal life on the back burner. Don't we all dream of that? <laughs> all of us. She soon realized that her burnout was preventable and that how women are taught to succeed isn't working. The trade-off between a successful career and fulfilling personal life is causing women to either step back from positions of influence or prevents women from develop, stepping further into leadership. So um, let's go ahead and dive into this because I am just dying to talk to you about this because I was listening to one of your YouTube um, videos and this is what prompted me to say, can you please, please come talk to me on this podcast? Because it resonated so much with me and I just thought I need to learn more. I just need to know more about what you're doing. So um, let's talk about the burnout thing because I can tell you I'm your prime candidate right here. <laughs> I am it. I am your audience. <laughs> you and everyone else right now. Yeah, great yeah. Resignation and COVID and just how yeah. women have been taught to, to work. It's just not healthy. Like we're not, not we're not, we might achieve success, but we're not enjoying it. Right. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So what got you down this path? Talk about um, your experience and what made you think, you know what, I'm not the only one let's, let's talk to other women about this. Yeah. Well, for a long time, I thought I was the only one. Mm -hmm. <laughs> was, yeah. You said in the intro, I burned out from um, a really, you know, lucrative, amazing career. I was yeah. a rising executive. I had, you know, I was 33. I was ready to like, let's do this. Yeah. And I would thought I must be doing something wrong because I had right. achieved all the things, right? I was flying first class all over the world and staying mm. in these incredible hotels and had this beautiful home and all the things that I had been told, if you work really hard, you'll get, you'll get this. this. Right. And then you can enjoy it. But all I saw was like another hoop to jump through another yeah. something. It was like the next thing. And I was like, okay, <laughs> I yeah. obviously chose like I, I chose wrong. And that's why yeah. I moved to the Island. I thought, well, the simple life is going to be the answer, but you know what? In the, in the Island, I was, I was happy for a little while. Like it was kind of fun. Right. Like, let's not be, you know, let's not totally throw that. It wasn't misery. Me. Right. It wasn't, <laughs> but after a while it was right. Because oh. I had traded off everything I knew, everything I'd worked so hard for all these amazing people who challenged me and like the, the thrill of the right. chase and those fun, challenging things that I think go are inherent with someone who's a high achiever that wasn't happening in the Island. Like there's only so mm. many days you can sit on the beach before you're like, okay, like, yeah. What next more to life than this as well. Right. Right. 
So it was pretty frustrating. And, um, what I started to do was apply my backgrounds in corporate marketing and you do a lot of studying of human behavior and marketing, right? Like that's how right. you get somebody to stop and look at your billboard or whatever it is you're doing. Right. And so mm -hmm. I was like, okay, well, what if I could apply this human behavioral lens towards this problem? Like, why does there have to be a trade-off? Why do I have to either right. give up my career and settle for maybe a career that's not so great or not something that's really fulfilling or I have to, you know, cut corners in my personal life and not have the relationships and friendships and health and things that, you know, success was supposed to allow me to have. Exactly. So that's really kind of the odyssey that I went on back in 2003. Okay. Wow. That's fantastic. So when I was listening to your video, one of the things that really resonated with me in particular was you were talking about how you kept thinking to yourself, if I just keep working harder a break will come. And I was like, yes, like, yes, because, you know, if I, I just keep thinking, if I can just get through this one project, this one task, if I can get this off my plate, then I'll take two days off. Or if I can just get to the vacation, then I'll be fine. But then I'm working half of the vacation. And so, and then the weekends I'm like, okay, well, I didn't do anything around the house all weekend. So now I'm doing landscaping and I'm doing planting gardens and mowing the lawn and, you know, cleaning the house. And I, it, you never give yourself a break. So the break doesn't come because you wish it to come. It's you have to force it, right? You have to make it happen. You do. And some of that's programmed in us. I'll be really right. honest. Angela. Like the whole, for women, especially the way we have been taught to succeed is fear-based. Mm. So women are playing not to lose. Right. Men play to win. Wow. So what's that's really empowering. Okay. Yeah. That's we interesting. Get to, let's say the proverbial table, whatever that is for you. I don't care if you're mm -hmm. a senior manager or a vet or a executive, it doesn't matter. You right. get to some place where you're like, okay, this should start getting better, but we're terrified of losing it. And so we're right. constantly like protecting ourselves and like, oh, yep. if I don't show up at that meeting, then someone's going to displace me. If I don't go on mm -hmm. that business trip, someone's going to displace me. If I, if don't I have a baby, team, they'll drop right. the ball. Right. That's all fear-based creation of success. Does it right. work? Yeah, mm -hmm. it works, right? Like yep. you're getting the stuff done, but it just burns you out. Like no one can sustain that for, right. for decades, right? Guys tend to, not all, I'm not saying guys aren't workaholics because they have a different set of challenges in the workplace, but guys tend to play to win. They're like, they're not trying right. to prove themselves to get a place in the table. They're like, they'll just tell you how it is. They're not worried about what someone said afterwards where women are like, yeah. Oh, do you think I should have sent that email? I don't know if I should have sent that email. Can you look at this email? Oh my God, I shouldn't have sent the email. It's like, mm, like yes, <laughs> the festering and anxiety yes. and the fear. And so what's happening is we're just constantly proving ourselves over and over and over. We're not just comfortable with saying, wait, I'm a success for who I am, mm -hmm. but the brain that walks in the room and contributes at this level. It is not the hours. It's not if I'm there. It's not if I'm not there. Right. It's when that switch in you changes, then all of a sudden you can look out across the landscape of your career and go, okay, sure. There's a last minute meeting that was just scheduled the minute I was going to, whatever, go take my kid to ballet lessons, let's say, or go to the gym. Mm -hmm. You can now decide with a better lens. Okay. You know what? I do need to tell my child, sorry, you know, someone else is going to take you. I do, I really do need to be here. This is an important meeting that I do need to be at, or you know what? I don't. Right. Tell everybody, Hey, I'm not going to make it. I'll be sure to catch up with you tomorrow. And you move on. And best of all, you're not sitting there the whole time, guilty festering going, Oh my God, I should be there. I should be there. You're just like, Oh yeah, I'll catch up with you guys tomorrow. Great. See you later. Yeah. 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 Game changer. Like, yeah. Game changer. 
<laughs> well, the guilt, if we can get through the guilt, that's yeah. the problem is, you know, we feel like if we're not at home, we should be, if we're not at work, we should be, <laughs> no matter yeah. where we are, we yeah. feel like we're slacking on the other side. Right. And so if we are not engaging with our family, we feel like we're not being the best mom, wife, you know, partner, whatever. And if we're not engaging in the office, we feel like somebody else is going to come in and do more. Right. Yeah. And so we feel like we have to be everything everywhere at all times. Yes. <laughs> Yes. And you brought up something really good, Angela. You said something about, you know, when you, when you're finally home on the weekend, then you're whatever cleaning, you know, taking the trash yeah. out, clean it. Women also, especially highly successful women. And this is pretty startling. Um, I think, and I, I don't have the statistics with me, but are extremely have extreme scarcity issues, yeah. which does not make sense. Right. You're I know more money yeah. than <laughs> anyone so and yeah. you have wealth or you have, you know, more than enough. Let's just say that way. Right. And we are like, you know, I was taught, I was raising a family, like, don't let anyone else do something that you could do for yourself. So oh. I would literally come home mm -hmm. from my executive job. I went and rented scaffolding from like a big box, like Home Depot <laughs> once built scaffolding, iron scaffolding. So I yeah. can paint my own 20 foot ceiling. <laughs> I mean, this is, a, and then I'm late for Thanksgiving dinner with my family. Who's mad at me. Cause I'm late for everything, but I'm like, Oh, I had right. to paint the ceiling. Cause I have to do it myself. Like seriously, can't right. you like hire a painter to come paint your ceiling. <laughs> well, like, yeah. that is the condition. That is it. That, that is it. And you and I are the same person because I'm the same way. I've done all the home re renovations myself and people are like, well, you know why it took me, you know, four years to start the master bathroom in my, in my house. And I'm like, well, I just needed to get it done, but I didn't have time for this and this and this and you like they're like you know angela other people hire contractors for that <laughs> right and probably like, people who why would i do that money than you and you're like right oh. right it's right all like it's shame-based right and yeah so again yeah. it's this fear-based way of survival instead of okay wait a minute is that really true now right. it takes some conditioning to, to to shrug off those habits like just right. knowing that it's not like oh yeah no big deal it 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 takes some conditioning. Like when we work with our clients, like it's not overnight, but right. once you have like tools to start peeling that back, now you can make decisions. I'm not saying you should never like redo your own master bath. Like if you yeah. love doing that, do it. Right. But if you're sitting there in your house for four years and all you had to do was throw out like 5k to get someone to come do it or, I know. or whatever it is, I, I mean, know. Come on, you could have been enjoying your bathroom for four years. Exactly. Well, and the, the, the trigger for me was by the time I get this done, I'm going to be selling the house and moving yeah. out. I have to right. do this right now. Like it has to be done. And so I finally pulled the trigger and hired a couple of contractors to come in. Now, I still did all the design. I still made sure that it was my way, but it was a huge help. I got it done in, you know, a month instead of six months. It would have taken me, you know, and so that that's and all helpful. the time you would have given up with, you know, other things that are precious in your life. And I think right. that's the other thing that women don't realize. And I think men do this better than us. Like they realize the value of, and this is very stereotypical. So forgive me, gentlemen, but you know, being right. out on the golf course, let's just say sure, yeah. they're doing, um, yep. or like guys tend to get the value of disconnecting and play. Yeah. Women don't like, when right. we, we see this in our relationships, right? right? If you're in a male female relationship, like I am, my husband will go off and he'll go play the drums and I'm like wiping the kitchen counters. It's like, right. On, like, right. Go have fun. Right. Yeah, I, remember like, I can't believe you didn't like wipe down the kitchen counters. It's like, I'm playing the drums. Who in the hell wants to wipe down the kitchen? Right. Counters, you know? <laughs> 
Yes. Well, yeah, there's, there's, you're absolutely right. There's so much value in disconnecting. And I'm really bad at that because I have this guilt, you know, if I'm sitting there on a Saturday morning, like, you know, we, I work a lot on Saturdays because we do security for large venues. So we'll have a huge football game or something. And my entire team, I'm the first one there and the first one to leave usually. And so for me, it's a 13, 14 hour day and work. I walk about six miles at the end of the day, you know, it's, 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 trying, you know, it is very hard on me, on my body, on mentally, you know, the next day I'm kind of a zombie, but I'll be sitting there completely wiped out, guilty, thinking I really should be outside doing something productive right now. I really should be doing something productive. I'm wasting the whole day away. I'm not wasting the day away. I'm recharging my batteries, but I can't get past the guilt. I can't get past the feeling that I should be doing something else. Yeah. And really like what we teach is that Prior to coming into that Saturday, we would have had you doing things to fill your cup throughout the week so that you could have done that Saturday, feel completely fresh. And then on Sunday, you could have been out like playing with your kids or going to the gym. Like, you know what I'm saying? Rather than like crash, 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 crash. Yeah. And now I've got to spend my one day off trying to get myself ready to go to work again on Monday. Yeah. You know, we like what we teach is how do you keep your cup overflowing? Cause when your right. cup's overflowing, then you can work the all nighter. You can do the occasional 12, 13, 15 hour shift. And right. instead of it like wrecking your life, mm-hmm. it's just it's a moment, right? right? This is something I do. And now Sunday I'm going on a picnic with my friends, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. So how do you recommend putting that together? You know, obviously, you know, if they're coming to you and they're they're getting that specific, you know, they want to get that specific, like work with me, help me through this. And there's no, there's nothing that can take the place of that. But what tips would you give somebody if they're just like, yeah, I probably need to slow down a little bit. Like what, what advice would you give to someone who just says, I probably just need to dial it back? Yeah. I think the first thing is, I mean, honestly, so much of this is there, there's two components at play with, for, for all of us. One mm-hmm. is a biological component. Mm-hmm. So we are like our biology needs rest. Our bi- you know, as humans, right. we have to have rest. Our culture doesn't give it to us. And right. so what's happened is you have sort of like sugar, right? Like your body's not used to processing sugar. So it doesn't know mm-hmm. how to override that and tell you like you've had too much sugar. So right. you have to manually override it. Um, and there's two ways of doing that. One is just through conditioning, right? So you could just condition yourself over and over. Like every Friday night, I'm going to pull the plug at four o'clock in the afternoon, every Friday yeah. night, and it's going to feel uncomfortable and you're not going to like it. But eventually over a long period of time, it'll condition you to say like Fridays, I unplug it for yeah. the same as like, if you're learning to be a public speaker, you know, you can go right. and learn how to do public speaking. Or you can take the willpower road, which is you just get up and do it over and over again. And eventually over time, you get used to it. So you can right. use that willpower route and just condition yourself to take breaks and take care of yourself so that you're not depleted. A mm. energized mind, a fulfilled biology, if you will, if you're feeling great in your body and you have energy and you're rested, you're going to make decisions quicker. You're mm-hmm. going to be more creative. You're going to problem solve. You're going to have patience for people. You're going to be, you know, the better version of you and all the things. Right. Like life is just so much better when you keep the cup full instead of running as hard and fast deplete then try to put a little bit in the gas tank Mm. and off racing. So that's the first thing I think you have to really realize that that piece, especially as you increase in the levels of your career to where it's more high pressure, like you taking care of you is part of the job. Right. Right. 
Right. It's Absolutely. Not like, I got to take care of everybody else and all these things. Like that is part of the job. So that's mm-hmm. a big piece of it. We work with a lot of doctors. We work with a lot of vets. We work with a lot of people in healthcare because they're taught to sacrifice themselves for the system. Right. And we've got to unwind that. And that's the other piece of it. The other piece is psychological. Like you, you keep saying like, I'm guilty. I'm guilty. I'm mm-hmm. guilty. And it's like, emotion will force us to do things that are unhealthy for ourselves. Right. So we feel guilt. Yeah. So it will force us to do these things. And it's not until you start realizing that these emotions are just cues that mm. you have to understand what is it really telling you? Why do you really feel guilty? Like, are you really, right. you know, not a great mom or are you really failing people? Right. And when we can help you see, or when you yourself can start to see logically, is that true? And you start challenging that then you can decide, yeah, you know what? I really am being a crumb mom right now. You know mm. what? I need to spend some more time with my kids and let's just be honest and not feel bad about it and go make those changes. Or you can be like, you know what? My kids get a lot of time for me actually. And yeah. that's not really true. I do need to whatever, go out with my girlfriends tonight. Yeah. Like when logic can come in and help you make more strategic decisions versus emotional decisions, then you're going to get a better outcome, but it's hard for the logic to come in if you're depleted. So I would say the first thing I would tell every woman is like, fill the cup, fill the cup, fill the cup. Right. Right. Very good advice. I really appreciate that. Yeah. Cause I think that's one thing we, we drive ourselves in every aspect of our lives, because I think for, as women, we feel like we have to be, you know, at home the best, you know, there's expectations of us at women, you know, as women at home, there's expectations of us as women at work, there's expectations, you know, in our communities, we should be serving at our kids' school, we should be doing this. And, and, you know, honestly, we just, we just cannot do it all, or we have to do it in fragments, you know, like I can't be the PTO president, but I can probably volunteer twice or three times in the semester, right? So it's it's about the balance of it and chunking it instead of saying it's all or nothing, right? Right. And I think as women, we have an opportunity to reframe what success is. What is a successful life? Like, right. because what's happened again, it's this fear-based modality of where, you know, women, we were like, oh my gosh, you know, industrial revolution, we actually get to work now, right? right we have to get right, out right. of the house. We're so yep. healthy. Well, you can work, but only if you keep up with mothering and home life, right? And so right. that conditioning is still there. Where mm. again, if if you do have someone who's asking about the PTO, who are they coming to? You? Right. Or, or your spouse. You right, know, right, 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 right. Right. 100% so of the time. Conditioning is always, let's ask the woman first. And the woman's the easier prey, right? Because we typically say yes, because we don't want to hurt anyone's feelings, which is right. a condition. Like uh-huh. boys push each other, boys shove each other, boys get in fights. And they're like, oh, boys are being boys. Girls, oh, you didn't share. You weren't nice to Susie. Did you yep. tell Susie think? Like girls yeah. get punished from a very young age for not giving their needs up. Yeah. Boys are absolutely have to give their right. Needs up. Yeah. No. Uh-uh. When you realize, wait, this is all just conditioning. This is just human behavior. You can shift that behavior and go, okay, how can I move forward in life and be authentic to the things that are important to me? Cause I don't want to run around and tell everybody to go jump in the lake. I do want to help with things and I do want to right. be involved in things, but how do I selectively choose those things that define success the way I want to be successful? Mm. Not with what everyone else's expectations are. That's huge. Yes. That's so healthy. I love that advice. So, so, so much. So tell me who inspires you? Oh my gosh. I love people who play. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I like, I will be completely honest. I am like intense. I love to work. And I always tell women, like you have permission to work. You get to work and you get to have fun. And I don't care if you work on a Saturday or Sunday, whatever. 
I love people who play first. So the first person I admire is my husband because my husband plays first. This is a guy who never makes the bed. He's going to get his drum. You know, he's going to play his drums every day. He's going to read his book every day. He's going to play pool every day. Like he always makes sure that the play comes Mm. in in the priority in the day. And then he does the chore list or whatever else. Uh, people like that. Richard Branson, you know, yeah. Richard Branson is like, we're going to dance on the tables and we'll yep. get to business later. Mm-hmm. Um, Sarah Blakely, you know, yep. we're going to have fun. Yep. We're going to work, but we're going to have fun. Like I right. love people like that, partly because I, I probably wish I, I was more like that um, Yeah, also because it's so it's proven to just be such a healthier way of living and of succeeding. And mm-hmm. I love looking at like Sarah Blakely or Richard Branson, because when you look at someone like that, like that has not slowed them down from having like, let's just say massive success. success. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Wow. I love that. So I, I like that you said, I love to work because I'm the same way. And sadly, like when I have free time, I find that I can figure out like, okay, I've got a little bit of downtime. I'm going to think about how I can start growing my business or I'm going to launch this podcast or, you know, whatever it is, but I'm going to, you know, but I enjoy it. I'm passionate about it. You know, it's, it's not, I mean, it's work obviously, but I really, really do enjoy it. And so I think that's what allows me to focus on it. And and it drives me and I wake up and I'm excited because like you, I say, I get to go to work. Like I get to go to these crazy events with all my clients and these awesome venues. Like I get to do the coolest stuff because I made it. (laughs) So, And so like, I really, really enjoy it, but I'm the same way. I always say I get to go to work and I get to go to my son's baseball and I get to do this. And, you know, I don't take any of it for granted. And even though it definitely gets to the point of overwhelming, I think what I need to do is dial back how much I'm giving. And like, I've I've tried to make it more intentional about myself, like giving to myself, you know, like I've done small things. I started, um, I started a new gym that has classes that are scheduled so that I can stay on a routine. So something like that keeps me focused. And then I do a monthly massage membership so that it's always there. You know, I don't have to go six months. I'm like, oh, I should get a massage. I should do this. I should do that. I I just schedule it. I just go ahead and get it on the the calendar. If it's on the calendar, it's real. So. Yeah. And I love that because when you start to create expectation, it also creates expectation for other people in your life yeah, who might be yeah. expecting you. It's like, nope, this is the, whatever, the Wednesday morning when I always go get my massage or whatever yep. it is. And then other people aren't like, wait a minute, you're getting a massage. And that right. factor can kind of not be there as, as much. Right. I think that's really important. It's women do need to put our, we need to put ourselves on our own calendar, right? Oh yeah. We're not as 100%. good about doing it spontaneously, but yeah, mm-hmm. I love to work. It's part of my yeah. hobby. You know, a lot yeah. of them are like, oh, I should have a hobby. And I'm like, why? Like, if you don't need a, like, you know, if you, like don't right. go force yourself to do a hobby if you don't like it. Like if work is what you create. And I think again, that's, it's a little bit different. Like a lot, like the women we typically work with are women who love to work. They love their careers, right. their fears that they're burning out or they want to go further. And they're like, how in the hell am I going to do anything more than, you know, I'm already right. doing like, there's too much on my shoulders. So they're definitely career women. They're successful women. I think mm-hmm. there is this other like genre that again comes from like the industrial revolution stuff where it's like work was hard. Like work yeah. is what you had to do just to feed yourself. Like it was right. not enjoyable, you know, mm-hmm. but there was a freedom in it for women. That's always been enjoyable. And so I think finding that joy in it, instead of like work being this thing that you need to escape from on the weekend, it's like, no, I enjoy right. my work. But I think for women is what we have to learn is that you also have to take that time away so you can come 
back to it refreshed. I mean, just like yeah. when you're a professional tennis player, right? Like you're not going to play tennis 24 hours a day, every day of the week. Like you have to take breaks, mm-hmm. you have to get massages, you have to take care of your body, you have to get rest. Like yep. we need to treat our careers the same way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, athletes do that, right? You're right. Athletes take that time because if they don't, they will destroy their bodies, right? So they have to, and they have to build it into their routine. So, you know, I, I think there's so much validity in what you're saying. And and I love the topic. And like I said, this is why I felt the need, you know, to reach out to you after I watched one of your YouTube videos that I just absolutely love. Like the whole time I'm speaking out loud in my office, like, yes, that, that too. <laughs> I love I just it. Love I know. It. Women are always like, Kate, you're in my head. And I'm like, it's in all of our heads. Like we're right. all experiencing this. Like, you know, right. I didn't just make Make this up. This is what I went through and hearing my stories. People are like, oh yeah, that's my story. Or people are like, yeah. I, we have so much in common. I'm like you, me, and like thousands of other women. Like, Yeah. Yeah. But you think you're alone. Like you were saying, you feel like, okay, yeah, I'm definitely the only one going through this. I don't have anyone to talk to about it. Yeah. But so much of, you know, so much of what we go through, there's so much commonality in that. Right. So yeah. So and I think that's another thing is women, just sorry, real quick, is that okay. Angela, we can share more. Like I, I'm so impressed that you're having this podcast, which gives us all a voice to share because as women, especially well, at least my generation was very competitive. Yeah. You know, it was like, oh my gosh, you know, well, I had to do this case so you're going to have to suffer too. And being mm-hmm. able to say this suffering sucks. Like right. I don't want to do this anymore. And other women go, yeah, me too. And that's how really the company started. I was um, doing fractional, um, like chief marketing officer work. Yeah. And I was like, I'm going to write, a, you know, like Simon said, like people buy what, you know, who you are and not why you do it or whatever. So right. I was like, I'm going to write an article on LinkedIn and tell people a little bit more, more about myself. And I told the story of myself burning out and then moving to an Island. And then before I came yeah. back to my corporate career, and I like called four friends and I was like, could you please like it? So just, <laughs> just sit out there and like die on LinkedIn. And this was back in 2016. Yeah. And before I knew it, like, uh, you know, like over a million people had liked, like, it just wow. like the shot that went around the world and men, women, everyone were like, oh my God, like you're in my head. How did you yeah. do that? Like, I feel the same way. Success is not delivering up to me the life that I wanted. I'm unfulfilled. Mm -hmm. I'm unhappy. My relationships are strained. You know, I don't like the way I look in the mirror. I'm tired or unhealthy. Like people were like, it it was just really so amazing Mm -hmm. how that just sort of magnetized this like community of people that said enough's enough. What do we, how do we do about this? How do we get ourselves out of this trade-off? So pretty cool. Well, yeah. I, and I, I totally get why people are liking it because, uh, you know, one of the things, one of the reasons I started this podcast is even though I'm interviewing really successful, badass, amazing women, the commonality is not that we're all badass, successful women. The commonality is that we struggled, we failed, we got back up, we kept fighting and that's why we're here. Right. And so the commonality is in the struggle, not the success. The commonality is in what got us here. You know, the, the tenacity and the grit and the, you know, the obstacles, and we've all had to fight through them. And so some of us have achieved different levels of success, but we've all had to, you know, kind of go through the the sludge to get there. So a lot of failure. Yeah. Oh yeah, totally. (laughs) Totally. So tell me some of the obstacles that you have kind of overcome in building what you've built, because, you know, for, for what you're building and, and the, the network that you have, I know that you've had to kind of had some trial and error and well, that doesn't work. And you know, how do I, how do I connect? How, tell me about some of the obstacles that you've overcome. 
Mm, yeah. I think like every, you know, business founder, you know, it's like, oh, wow, that's happened so quickly. And it's like, yeah, it's really like 10 years of failure that led <laughs> up to like finally finding the right brick in the wall to push to like, mm. you know, move through. You know, I think for me, the, the biggest thing I had to overcome is coming from corporate America. I had this whole concept of being an entrepreneur was somehow uh, like, I'm not an entrepreneur. Like, I, I don't know what to do. I'm not an entrepreneur. Like, you know, because yeah. in corporate, you just run down the hall and you go tell the legal team, Hey, I need some legal help. And they help right. you. And then you go tell the accounting team. And I'm like, who's going to, yeah. And so I think for me, the biggest obstacle was just being patient and realize you are going to have to, you know, build some things brick by brick. Mm -hmm. But if you just keep at it, Kate, in these small intentional steps, yeah. You're going to pretty soon look back and go, wow. And that's really what it was for me. I mean, the, the first two years of the company, I just thought, oh my gosh, this is like never going to take off because yeah. it doesn't feel like you're getting the velocity, the momentum. It's just like two steps right. forward, one step back, the whole thing. But if you look over time, you know, it's, it's sort of that jaggedy up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down, but the overall you know, trajectory is you're moving forward. Yes. And I think what I've learned along the way is to just marinate in that process, which was really hard for me in the beginning, because like everyone, you know, I just want to hit, I want to hit home runs out of the ballpark. Everything I do, like every single time, just get yep. where we want to go Yep, and going like, wait, this struggle is helping develop me into who yeah. I need to be. So when I bump up to that next level, I'm ready for it. Mm -hmm. you know, Cause the last thing you want to do is have the growth and then not be ready. Right. And then you lose it or you're panicking or you're suffering. And so for me, I'm just like, oh, okay. We're kind of like, just humming along, humming along like this is. And so now I like intentionally look for, okay, this doesn't feel comfortable. Not a problem. I'm not right. going to like fear the discomfort. I actually look for yeah. it. And I always say to myself every year now, if I'm not living in fear, if there's not something I'm afraid to do this year, mm -hmm. then our business isn't going to grow. Yeah. Like I'm just like, oh yeah, I got it. Let me just chill this year. It's like, no, nope. <laughs> like, what are you going to do Kate? That's going to make you go, oh, Betty, seriously. Yeah. Yeah. That has always been like, that's what I've learned over the last five years to that continues to help us grow. It's like that, when, I'm, when I'm willing to embrace my own personal growth or professional growth, then everything else grows right with me. I love it. Thank you. That is fantastic. I'm the same way. I actually do, a, you know, when I, when I pray every day, it's usually if there's anyone in my life, who's not supposed to be there, remove them and bring to me the people that are supposed to be in my life. And then the second thing is thank you for all the obstacles you've brought to me to help me become a better, stronger person. And that's a weird thing to pray for, right? <laughs> thank you for all the obstacles. Thank you for, you know, making me follow my face over and over and over. But you know, there, there is a gift in failing and there is a gift in overcoming obstacles. You know, those first couple of years of me getting through payroll on a hope and a prayer sure. <laughs> taught me great money management. <laughs> like, that will never happen again because, sure. you know, we, we, it, it, it made me so disciplined, probably overly disciplined. Um, but you know, it made me so disciplined to, to just dig ourselves out of that and to never, ever, ever be able, you know, never look back, but that discipline, if somebody had just handed me a whole chunk of money and said, here, go start a business, I promise you, I would have failed. <clears throat> but because I had to get through payroll and a hope and a prayer and like, oh, God, please, 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 please let that invoice get paid today, <laughs> you know, so I can get payroll done. Those moments are not lost on me. You know, I that that hurts. And so that hurt has turned into fuel and that fire that continues to drive me. 
Yeah. I think that's great. Cause again, like I came out of corporate and corporate, you, you, you're not rewarded for failure. You're not Mm. rewarded for falling down. It's all about mitigating risk, mitigating failure. Yeah. And all of a sudden you're, you, you know, I chose to be in this businesswoman founder bucket over here, this other career. And it's like, Oh, here you have to look for failure. Like you fail, yeah. like fail fast, like fail yeah. quick. Let's get and there. Then and then hurry up and get up. Such a huge mindset shift for me. I was like, mm. oh, you know, I was, I was constantly yeah. trying to mitigate failure until I learned like, okay, that's not going to work. Like you're never going to grow your company if you're trying to mitigate failure all the time. Yeah. So I think that's so true. Really critical for entrepreneurs and, and founders and company owners for sure. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I love it. So, so good. So what advice would you give to 18 year old you? Oh my gosh, honey, you're more than enough. Yes. <laughs> yes. Agree. You know, 18 year old Kate just was out to prove to the world. She was worthy and worth yeah. something. And I think, you know, confidence was never a big issue for me. I always felt confident, but I, I don't know if I ever felt worthy or deserve, always felt worthy or deserving. So I think that yeah. imposter syndrome that, yeah. <gasps> when are they going to find out? Like, I really don't know what I'm doing or, mm. you know, I, I can get it done, but I'm going to have to work 10 times harder than everyone else to get it done. Cause I'm not quite as whatever smart, sharp, right. talented, experienced, blah, blah, blah. I always had some, like, I think that piece, I did yeah. not realize that I was valuable for who I was instead mm. of what I do. And so I was constantly trying to prove to the world, look what I did, look what I did, look what I did, look what I did. And mm. it's like, no wonder I burn out. So, um, yeah, that piece you're more than awesome. Enough. Yeah. You know, I actually, imposter syndrome is something that haunted me all through my twenties and thirties. And it wasn't until I was in my forties, I finally stepped into him like, you know what? I know what they, you know, I know what they know. Like they're not smarter than me. Like I finally started, you know, knowing that I deserved a seat at the table, but you know, through my twenties and thirties, it really haunted me. And I always just kind of felt not good enough, like you were just saying. And so, um, but I read this really powerful article and it wasn't even an article it was an entrepreneur magazine and I think it was 2018 the end of 2018 it was like how to make 2019 better or something like that it was something of to that effect but it was just the editor's letter um it was Jason Pfeiffer had written about um he was he was just talking it was like his introduction to entrepreneur magazine and he had just taken over as editor-in-chief and he was talking to the guy who is the CEO of and I have, the, the name of the company is escaping me, but it's a huge company that owns Match.com and all the big dating sites. And so this billion dollar company, right? Billion dollar company. And Jason says, you know, how do I get past this imposter syndrome? You know, how do I get past this feeling that I don't deserve this? You know, I don't deserve to be here running entrepreneur magazine. And the guy says to him, we all still have, I still have imposter syndrome. He's a CEO of a billion dollar company. (laughs) Don't think it goes away. It never goes away. And I think, um, you know, that's just something, it just struck me. I'm like, wow. So this thing that I let hold me back is it's not a, it's not a thing that needs to hold you back. It's, it's just, it's just, you know, we're all going through it. Just like I said, the commonality is in the struggle. The commonality is we're all going through stuff. So imposter syndrome is just one of those things, just like guilt, just like frustration, just like drive. It's just something else in that bucket of things that we just got to say, okay, just going to take this bucket, pour it out and put all the good stuff in it. So, yeah. Yeah. And I think where imposter syndrome can be damaging is when it starts stealing your joy at home. For me, I would come home and I'd be festering or I'd eat three cheese pizzas as I was trying to do a proposal or, you know, like yep. that's when imposter syndrome, you have to say like, 
you know, is this a moment in time where I'm feeling like kind mm. of a queasy or is this starting to steal my life? So for me, I knew I had to look for a solution for imposter syndrome because I couldn't just embrace it and be like, well, Sarah Blakely has imposter syndrome. I'm going to have it. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. I was like, okay, this is not enjoyable. Mm-hmm. And I wish I could give every teenage that, like, like that piece, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, because it's yeah. just like, we're all trying to prove ourselves and prove ourselves and we're worthy and we're going to be okay. We're not going to get rejected and we won't be humiliated. And it's like, okay, calm down everyone. We're all right. doing the same thing. We're just right. trying to survive and right. thrive and have good lives and, you know, and, and I think creating success from a new approach where instead of competing with each other, instead of being so competitive and so cutthroat, it's like, look, we're all in this together. Let's work together to get somewhere. You see that imposter syndrome start to float away because now again, you're not living in this fear-based world. Cause even that successful CEO from the billion dollar company, he's in a fear-based world. Of course he's going to have it. Cause if he doesn't do the right thing, he loses all that. It's all on him. versus him realizing psychologically that it's really not on all him. Like Mm. nobody, like nobody in any company is, is it ever all on you? Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. 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 You can't shoulder all of it. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Very cool. Um, and then you were talking about, um, excuse me. You were talking about going in and, you know, when you, when you get to that point of burnout, you know, that, that self-care, self-care is where you really kind of is, is the investment that you want to make. Um, what other advice would you give when, when somebody is reaching that burnout point? I think that's the biggest piece. So what happens with burnout is you start to experience apathy. Like you'll uh-huh. just notice that like your career is like, you know, I don't know, I've kind of done enough. I think I'm, I think I'm good or you right. know, you start cutting corners at work. Like ah, mm. now all of a sudden that meeting that I would never miss now I'm okay with missing it. I'm okay right. with not picking up the phone. Like mm-hmm. these little sort of nudges start happening where apathy starts moving in because what's happening is psychologically, your brain is starting to say, I have to shut you down. Like right. you cannot continue at this pace. And so your body mm-hmm. is going to do that for you. And that's why you see people like, I don't care about my career anymore. I'm just going to go live on an island or whatever. Like right, right, like, you're right. Yeah, you do. Yeah. <laughs> so I would say like, <laughs> be really careful. Are you running away from something or are you moving towards? So for example, mm. if you have always wanted to sail around the world on a sailboat and you're like, it's been your life stream since whatever. And you're like, I'm going to step back from my career this year and I'm going to buy a boat and I'm going to go sail. I'm like, do it. Like, you're not going to blow up your career totally do it. I think it's great. But if you're yeah. like, I don't care about my career anymore. I'm going to go live on a sailboat because that sounds just restorative, quiet, peaceful. Oh my God. That's probably where you're going to get yourself into trouble. So right. it really is about getting your needs met. Cause what's happening is again, biologically and psychologically, your body's starting to just do the job that you haven't done for years it is pouring more time into you. And this is hard because when you're wired to boom, 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 like taking Sunday Mm. after Sunday, after Sunday, after Sunday and three-day weekends and vacations and, you know, just really pulling back for maybe even a year of things that you're so committed to and really giving your body rest is so critical, but what's going to happen is your relationships are going to get better. You're going to find that you're able to make better decisions faster, be more creative solutions. Aren't going to take days and months to figure out. You're going to be like, Mm -hmm. boom, in five minutes, like the benefits start to pile up pretty quickly. Yeah. We've had women who, you know, they're like, Hey, I just get back from a three week vacation and I still don't want to come back to work. And I'm like, (laughs) but but that was three weeks after 20 years. Like you got to give yourself a little bit 
<laughs> right. Give it like, a minute. Right. You're not quite caught up yet. So it could take longer. It will take longer than you want it to, but the sooner you can sort of get yourself back to a level of joy in your life, mm-hmm. peace that then things can just go like exponentially from there. That's really right. Cool. Well, and I think it, there's so much value in what you were saying and building up to that, filling up your cup on a repeated basis before the big thing happens, right? So before the big presentation, before the big 12 hour shift, you know, whatever that is, building up that time there's so much value in that, you know, and that's honestly just not even something I've thought about, you know, I'm diving in all the way. And then the big end result is the fireworks show, you know, and it's yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm just gonna, I'm swimming all the way to the Island. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, Probably like before the next business trip, you know, get yeah. there a day early and have that day to yourself to, right. you know, yeah, people don't like, we have clients all the time. They're like, Oh my gosh, I'm actually arriving a day early now, instead of like taking the red eye coming in hot, Mm-hmm. Like that's no that's sleep. Not helpful to anyone, you know, because nope. by the time you do get home with, who, you know, whether you have kids or a dog or in-laws or whatever you're trying to do, like, you're not going to be nice to anyone. Like, no. you're just, like you're not doing anybody a favor by shaving off a day. You know what no. I'm saying? No. Take the extra day and be fulfilled. Go into those meetings or that business trip or whatever you have. And then you can come home and be like, oh my God, I'm not, de- I'm not depleted. I feel right. Great. And you're going to make better function. around food. You know, you're not going to be sitting there eating all the sweets all night long, trying to stay awake and all the things like it just, it just yeah. has such a great domino effect. It's amazing. Great advice. I love it. So as women, we often give our power away, um, whether that looks like, you know, um, giving somebody else the accolades for something that we did, you know, giving them the credit or whether it's allowing someone to treat us poorly and not doing anything to stand up for ourselves. So we often give our power away as women. I think that we've, like you were talking about conditioning. I think that's been a conditioning thing for a long time. You know, we have to be nice. Somebody else can walk all over us, but we should be nice about it and not, you know, not stand up. So tell me about a time that you gave your power away. And then another time that you really stepped into your power and what really made the difference between those two times. Mm. You know, I read that question pre-show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, my question, my answer is probably going to be different than what maybe a lot of women would say. Yeah, you know, we've worked with almost fifteen hundred women. Wow. And I would say I, I, this is not an accurate statistic. I haven't, I don't, I haven't pulled the numbers, but I would say just, you know, from my experience, about half of those women are women who give their power away and mm. tend to be like, oh, I should have stepped in. I should have spoken up. I should have said something. I, I should have said me. I did that. Right. And I think the other half are more like me, which is like, oh, I've never had a problem with that. But not in a healthy way either, where it tends to be a lot of times like the Kate show or, you know, Kate's mm. great. And Kate's always doing, and that's not healthy either. And so I think it's recognizing how you are wired mm. and then determining how do you do that? And I'm not disagreeing with you because I do think stereotypically in our culture, men are much better at being like, oh, I did that or whatever. Right. And women are like, oh, I should share the accolades or whatever. Right. In my career, it was almost the opposite. I think because I was such a high performer and I've always been someone who just very quick, you know, on her feet, you know, got, th- got things out, the got out of the gate sooner than most. Yeah, I tended to be getting a lot of accolades and, and being well rewarded by my, my leadership while my colleagues are like, just really ticked off that. <laughs> Yeah. (laughs) And so one of my most significant promotions as an executive came when I was given an opportunity um, in front of the chairman of the board to present something pretty significant that um, my department had done. 
And as I was presenting it and I said, look, you know, one of the reasons we were able to do this was because of, and then I mentioned this guy over here in his department of, you know, inventory control and this mm. woman over here in her department in sales. And like, I really collaborated and I, I actually brought people into, and that all of a sudden elevated my ability for that promotion. Cause it was like, okay, great. Interesting she can play on the team. Like this right. is not someone who is just like, it's all about me. Um, but at the same time, it didn't give my power away. I didn't say like, right. because of them. I said, no, my team, we kick some, we kick some ass, man. Like we got right. some great results and here they of are. Course. But I want to acknowledge these other people and their contribution because we, we do have to work together in collaboration. Yeah. And immediately when I finished that presentation, I had people lined up going, I want her to work on my team. Like I had, wow. country, yeah, like country presidents going, I want her to be, you know, the vice president on my team, my team. And That's that was awesome. a huge learning curve in my career to go like, how do you do that without giving away your power right, and doing right. it in a way where you're actually being benevolent to the group, mm. without, but, but still standing in your own power. I think it's yeah. an important thing to learn. Oh, that's fantastic. I love it. Um, all right. And then what do you wish more people knew? This is a, a question that you can answer however you want, yeah. but to me, it's it's a powerful one. That success doesn't have to be hard. Yeah. Mm. It, it doesn't have to be a trade-off. I mean, if you, um, I do this presentation sometimes when I am asked to speak at companies and you know, to a diverse audience and yeah. I kind of take everyone through these memes that we see in our culture, like never let them see you sweat you know, uh -huh, uh -huh. work hard, success will come and all these great little pithy memes or whatever. And that is just, again, it's just a holdover from like the 1940s for God's right. sake. Like, come on people. <laughs> mm. and, but we're all, we're all trapped in it. And women are like, well, I can have this really great career, but now, you know, my kids are going to have to grow up in, you know, daycare or whatever. And I was like, really, you know, really like we homeschool our children. Like we've never yeah. sent our kids to school. I'm like, we've homeschooled our children. Like there's always a wow. way to live the life you want. You don't have to give up the private life that you want for the career, but you also don't have to curb your ambition in your career. And I, I just don't like this whole premise of like, well, you can have it all, but not at all at the same time. Like you can have yeah. it all at the same time. <laughs> you just have to work differently yeah. and you have to keep your cup full and you have to understand how to influence humans. Like the, mm -hmm. the knowledge of human behavior were never taught. And when you right. understand other humans, now you can start influencing. Now you don't feel bad when you say no to the PTO committee or right. you don't feel guilty when you don't pick up your boss's call and all those things can go away and you can actually live the life you want right. and get results. Like that's the piece that if I can change that in the world before I snuff out, I'll be really happy. That's so fantastic. I want, I, yeah. I want success to change for people. And I definitely want it to change for us now, but also the next generation. I don't want my kids growing up thinking like, I got to work hard and suffer. And then someday yeah. I'll get to enjoy my life. It's like, come on, like we can enjoy our lives and be successful at the same time. Yeah. You know, that's something I've, I've I'm learning later in life um, that, you know, you can, you can be happy now, right? Like you don't have to have that goal of once I retire, I'm just going to work and work and work and work and work and work. And then I'll be able to retire like five years earlier than I would have. And I'm like, yeah, but then what? <laughs> you'll be dead by then or you'll be yeah, crippled or you, know, right. you won't be able to, your body won't function. It's like, who wants to do that? You know? Yeah. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm still, I'm a work in progress, very much a work in progress, Good for you, Angela. but, but I, I tell my son that my son is 16 years old and he, you know, he works at Chick-fil-A, he goes to school, he plays baseball on the high school team. And now he just started his own business. And I keep having to tell him, honey, 
slow down and be a kid, slow down and be a kid. It's okay to be a kid. He's like, but I have goals. I want to, by 18, I want to do this. And by 20, I want to do this. And I'm like, slow down. (laughs) Enjoy being a kid sometimes. It's okay. I promise. But, you know, I feel like he's, he is the reincarnation of me, you know, like he has seen me drive, 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 go, go, go. And now watching him mirror that has really been eye-opening for me. Right. Like this is what I've modeled. I need to change my behavior before I tell him to change his behavior. That's it. That's it. And then he'll say, wait a minute, I can have fun and I can play and all these things are going to happen and it's okay. You're not broken. You're not going to mess things up. It's all going to be there and you don't have to wait forever. Yeah. Actually, Mm. the more you play, the more success comes like, yeah. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. So I always say, they always say, um, you know, find your passion and the money will follow. And it's the same thing. Find your happiness and everything else will follow. Success will follow. So for sure. For sure. Awesome. Well, I have really, really enjoyed this. Thank you so much. This has been an amazing conversation. Um, I know it's going to add so much value to the lives of our audience. So thank you, Kate. Oh, thank you for having me. It's my privilege. Appreciate it. It's been great getting to know you. Yes, absolutely. So if you guys want to learn more about Kate Byers and the Good Life Institute, please go to prettypowerfulpodcast.com and you will be able to see all of her links and you can connect with her. And then what is your website, Kate? Thegoodlifeinstitute.com. All right, perfect. Thank you so much. I hope everyone has an amazing day. Thank you for joining our guests on the Pretty Powerful Podcast. And we hope you've gained new insight and learned from exceptional women. Remember to subscribe or check out this and all episodes on prettypowerfulpodcast.com. Visit us next time. And until then, step into your own power.